Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is July the 2nd, and our passage for today is Hosea chapter 14. Well, we learned the great love story of Hosea and Gomer. God told Hosea, I want you to marry someone who is going to be unfaithful to you. What an assignment God gave to this man. And it was to be a symbol and a prophecy of exactly the relationship between God and his people, Israel. And we looked at just the whole background of the days and the times and the culture of Hosea. What a tremendous time in world history it was. And so let's go back and just kind of come through all of the chapters till we get to chapter 14, our reading for today, which is one of the most beautiful passages of love and compassion in the Bible. When you look at the first chapter of Hosea, God's command to Hosea to marry Gomer and three children would be born. First is Jezreel, God sows. And indeed, that's the name of the most fertile valley in all of Israel, the Jezreel Valley. But it is, in this case, God sowing Israel, sowing seed, and out of that seed came a disaster idol worship, not what God intended for them, because God had told them, do not worship or have any other gods before you. And they continually broke that command. And now Israel had come to the point to where they were in open idolatry and idol worship before God Almighty, and he scattered them across the face of the earth. And then he said about the second child, I want you to name that child Lo Ruhamah. And that means no mercy, no compassion. Now, that doesn't mean that God is not a God of mercy and compassion. We all know that he is. But we also know that God's compassion in relation to his people has a limit. God's mercy even has a limit because people can so sin against God that God says, that's it. I have given you chance after chance, and indeed he did. For over 200 years, God said, don't do this, don't do this. And the people in rebellion, not because of lack of knowledge, but because of rebellion, they sinned against God over and over. And finally, God said the third child will be lo ami, that is not my people. Lo is the Hebrew word for no or not, depending upon the context. And am is the word, am is the word for people in Hebrew. The I on the end, the me, as we would say it, the E sound, is the personal pronoun I or mind, again, depending upon the context. And so this is lo ami, not my people. And so this is the conclusion 
confusion. God said, you're not acting like my people any longer. It's not like you are acting out what I have agreed with you that's going to be your lifestyle and who you're going to represent and what you're going to represent. And so God begins the journey of helping them to understand why, unless they return to him, judgment was coming. Isn't it amazing when you read the book of Hosea, how many opportunities God gave for Israel to return to him? Over and over again, he begs them to come back to him. In chapter 6, he says, Come and let us return to the Lord. This is what Hosea said to his people. Come and let us return to Yah to Hashem, to the Lord. For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. In other words, after a period of repentance, then God will do his work. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the latter and former rain to the earth. All of these are poetic ways of saying, if we will turn to God, this is what Hosea said, if we will turn to God, God who has chastised us, God who has brought these calamities upon us, God will heal us because he wants to do that. That's within his nature to do that. He will bind us up. He will revive us. Now, remember, revival has nothing to do with those outside of the will of God. It has nothing to do with lost people. It has nothing to do with heathen. It has nothing to do with those who do not know God. No, the only thing there that can happen in anyone's life is a complete turning to God and surrender of the life to God. But revival and renewal and refreshment is for those who do know the Lord and who have walked with God, but they have fallen by the wayside. They have gone astray. They've taken a detour. That may be you today. You you say, well, I know that I know God. I know I'm saved, but I've allowed other things to come before me and the Lord. I've blamed other people for my lack of walk with God. I have accused other people because they didn't do this, then I'm not this. Listen, folks, please listen to me. Whatever we are, it is the product of our own choices. Nobody, nobody can determine your walk with God. Only you can do that. So it was with Israel. They couldn't blame anyone else but themselves for the condition and the spiritual state they were in. And now we come to our chapter for today before time gets away with us. I want to just begin at verse 1 because this is such a beautiful, beautiful passage on restoration, one of the best in the Bible. And here is what God said through the prophet Hosea, O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. This gets right back to what I was just saying. When we go astray, it's because of our own choosing. It's because of our own own iniquity. Someone may have put a stumbling block in front of us, but we are the ones that looked at that and stumbled. We make our own choices. You are right where you are in your own personal relationship with God because this is where you choose to be. Whatever the sin of our life, whatever the addiction of our life, whatever the condition of our life, we are exactly where we want to be with the Lord Jesus as far as our choices are made. Things 
things that we cannot control, we cannot control. But most of the things, as far as our walk with God, we can control because it has to do with our own heart, with our own choices. This is what God is saying. O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your own iniquity, your own twisting, your own distorting. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, This is what we need to say to God. Take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifice of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. That is, no one else can do this. We will not ride on horses, nor will we say any more to the work of our hands. You are our gods, for in you the fatherless finds mercy. There is nothing we can do, nothing we can create, no circumstance we can get involved with that will take away our sin. Only God can do that. And listen to this in verse 4. If we will do this, here is what God said he would do to Israel. And the things that were written aforetime, Romans 15, 4, were written for our learning, our instruction. This is not just for Israel. This is for anyone of his children that will turn to him. Here's what he says. Hosea 14, 4, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For my anger has turned away from him, talking about Israel. And then he says an incredible thing. He said, I will be as dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. Now, what does that mean? I will be as dew to Israel. Well, anyone who lives and works outside, especially that has been out overnight or the early hours of the morning, often when I was growing up, I would hear my grandmother say, son, the dew fell heavy last night. The cattle are going to get a good drink or uh, something to that effect. And the reason is, is because uh, dew is moisture. It's not rain. It is moisture that is in the air. It seems to fall upon plants at night or in the evening or in the early morning hours. But that is not what happens at all. Dew doesn't fall, it forms. It forms when the conditions get just right. When the temperature and and the surroundings on the ground and the air are just right, the moisture from the air forms on the various vegetation. And this is how God waters the earth many times in dry and more damp places. This is how that many times the animals around the world gain their moisture is from the air. God condenses it and it forms on the vegetation around. And then this is how birds of the air drink in dry places. This is how many times cattle and horses and livestock will get their water and and will help them to understand even where to go and where to graze because of the dew that forms on the grasses. And uh, many times the cattle and the sheep and the goats and horses are wiser than men because they know where to graze graze and you will see a horse or you will see a cow if you've lived on a farm. They will go to the low places, to the meadows, to graze in the morning. And the reason is, it is in the low places, it is in the valleys where dew forms the heaviest, not up on the high places, not up on the mountaintops. And this is instructive for us because you see, dew forms. God said, I will be as dew to Israel. Israel was in a valley, was in a low place in his life because of its own choices, because of its own sin. It was in a low place, a valley. 
And this is where God meets his people often in a valley of brokenness, a valley of sorrow, a valley of it seems that you cannot get out of. It is there where God meets us and he refreshes our soul. There is an old gospel song that says in the valley, he restores my soul. And indeed he does. It is in the valley that God restores our soul. It is in the broken places, the low places that God often meets us, not on the high places. No, many times the high places are places of danger where we are broken and we tumble off into the valley. But God says, I will be as due when, when the people return to him, when they with all of their heart turn back and say, God, you were right. I was wrong. Lord, it's nobody's fault that I'm in the mess that I'm in except my own. And so I ask for your forgiveness. I ask you to restore me. I ask you to bring me back. I ask you to restore my soul. Let's turn to God with all of our hearts and we will never hear the Lord's word. You are not my people. You're not acting like my people. You don't want to be my people. We want to be your people, O oh God. And we ask that you would restore us. If there is anyone that's listening to my voice and you say, I'm not where I need to be with God, stop what you're doing right now. Ask God to cleanse you of your sin, whatever it is that you're involved in. Maybe you're just apathetic and you don't care anymore and, and someone's disappointed you. Maybe someone you really love. Let me tell you, disappointment's a part of life. And I can say without equivocation, the person who's disappointed me more than anyone else in my life is not someone else. It is I. I have disappointed myself. And if you will look closely, you will see that's probably true in your own life. You see, we have a tendency to make everyone else sin to be magnified and our own shortcomings to not be that bad. Turn to the Lord with all of your heart. He will restore you. He will refresh you. He will revive you. And God will set your feet once again on a high place. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.